0: Come on in, cousins, and gather yourselves. Gather yourselves, cousin, and come on in. Today is November 16th, 2021. Welcome to the Unicorn Club Audio Journal Podcast. So I just want to kind of get into it. I got an announcement that I want to make with you guys. The first thing. I want to tell you is that I am almost at the 100th episode for season two. Can you believe that? Season one and season two has been some type of a journey. It's been some type of a journey. Um, so season three is going to be a little bit different. As season three is going to represent the next chapter of my life and my growth. Um, So I'm going to I'm ready to start season three actually like now. But I, I learned it's not good to rush things. So at some point in time in 2021, I am going to begin season three. Season three is gonna feel a little more podcasty, if that makes any sense. Like now, you guys give me like raw and uncut and unfiltered. <laughs> you get me completely transparent and honest. I'm still gonna be that way, um, but just a little more. Mm, I, I'm gonna say. <laughs> I don't even want to use the word professional. I don't even want to use the word business because, like I said, you guys are like my cousins. I call you guys my cousins, even though, <clears throat> excuse me, we've never met before and don't know. Um, you know what we look like. Um, um, I don't know what word I want to use, but I'll figure it out. But anyhow, it's just going to be a little more podcasty. I was also thinking about incorporating maybe Bible study once a month. Um, I definitely want to incorporate um, prayer and affirmations. Um, mantras is like a, a, a huge thing. And you guys, it, it really, <laughs> it helps me a lot. I've been doing my affirmations uh Like every other day, and I'm going to pick up on that to every other day. Because it literally just takes 60 seconds to, you know, say a mantra or create an affirmation. And um, I could pray, you know, at any time. Um, I don't think that I'll be changing platforms only because I know you can find Anchor pretty much anywhere. Um, Especially on Spotify. Spotify. So, I think I'll keep it um on anchor, so I just wanna kinda introduce the new me who is like more mature a no nonsense um you know type of woman. I think I told you guys in my last podcast that um I posted a picture on Facebook and um I changed my profile picture. And when I looked at my profile picture from October and my profile picture for November, it was just a matter of 30 days and it looked like two completely different people. Like this me in the month of November is like you can see grown ass woman. It's like all in my face, all in my energy. I kind of feel it within my spirit. And like I'm happy and I'm excited about it. So I just want to kind of move forward and just live a very peaceful and happy life. That's really all I want. I want to get my, um, I want to increase my finances. And I want to become a first-time homeowner. I want to do a little more traveling. I want to be surrounded by like-minded people, meaning mature adults. And I just want to live a very happy and peaceful life lifestyle that's that's really all i'm I'm looking for so yeah i'm like really feeling the new me i'm happy about it um i really i think good thing happened to me today i kind of like reunited with one of my old classmates um she came to my 40th birthday party we took the medical assistant course together, and I'm 43, so I actually hadn't seen her in about three years, and so we kind of reunited, and I was, like, really happy, and, you know, we spoke for a little while, and we had exchanged numbers, and it was, like, really good, so, you know, sometimes we bump into people, and depending on who it is, we're like, oh, God, I could have did without, like, seeing you. If I never saw you again, another day of my life, it would be too soon. And then there's other people who you're seeing. You'll start crying and all this here stuff. So I, I wasn't crying, but I was definitely excited to see my friend. You know, I like having friends of different ethnicities. And um, she's from China. She's so like down to earth and she's not snotty or anything like that. She's a little bougie, which I like. I don't like, you know, I don't like. We're just gonna move on. So, um, you know that was cool. It, it was good to. It was good to, you know, kind of catch up. It was good. It was good. So, here's what I really come to talk about: relationships. I want to tell you guys about the guy that I'm dating, and I'm ready to kind of like back out of this thing. I am. And so, here's why. So, so far, like overall, I'm going to say I do like the guy. He doesn't get on my nerve. He's not clingy. Um. He's not childish. I like the fact that he's an alpha male. He's very reasonable. You know, I like I like these things about him. Here's where I have the problem. And I don't know... Why some men do this? The first thing out of his mouth was getting me pregnant. First of all, I'm 43 years old. Why do you think I want to be bothered at this point? I'm 43 with a 27-year-old. Why do you think I want to start all over again? Like, And so I said to him, you know... Another time, my answer, like in my heart, my answer is nah, bro. Like, come on, I'll try to travel. Like, no, like when you so I explained to him that when you have children for a woman, because the main responsibility of that child falls back on the woman, when you have a child, it stops your life. That's one of the many things that I learned by being. A responsible parent, like you, got to worry about babysitter and paying the babysitter and getting the child to the babysitter, picking the child up from the babysitter, and food for the child, and it's all of it falls on the mother. A man could just pick up and go anytime he wants. He can say, "I'm breaking up with you. I'm leaving you," and walk out of the house. And guess who that child is with? There's some men that they fear or hate child support with a passion. They just think that they can just go spread their seed all over the earth and not have to pay any child support, not take any responsibility, so forth and so on. I don't need to tell you guys something that you already know. So for me to consider... Having a child, again, starting all over again, at my age on top of that, with any man, I need to see a whole lot of things. And I, I'm not seeing what I need to see with this guy. It's too soon. You understand? But he keeps telling me about Pregnancy. Like he's looking forward to it. He's excited about it. I'm not. But here's my thing. Why do men offer their seed but they don't offer their hand in marriage first? Why do men want to do things backwards? To me that's like entrapment. You want to have a child with a woman knowing that the woman more than likely wants to be with the father of her child or children. And so you're kind of like securing your spot. If anybody thinks for a half of a second that I'm going to tolerate a man laying in the bed next to me, stressing me out, you got another thing coming. I deal with enough With family, friends, co-workers, whoever else. Life's ups and downs. My own anxieties and my own depression. You think I'm going to add a stressful man to that plate? You're crazy. But I just don't understand why, why men keep doing that. Like, offer your hand first. Offer marriage first. Do things the the right way. Stop being backwards. Stop trying to be slick. Everything slick don't slide. And just because I let you slide, that don't mean you're slick. That's something that men do and it agitates my spirit. And so because of this, I'm getting turned off by him. Now, he did talk to me about marriage. But he talks about pregnancy Way more than he talks about marriage. And I think just the whole concept of marriage is just like a cover up, you know, like a deep, a, a decoy. I think it's just a decoy for entrapment and entrapment with a baby. That's what I think. I could be totally all off. You guys know that I have been. Uh, Working on my perception and perspective, the way that I see things, you know, by really thinking things through and praying on it and, you know, watching, you know, paying attention and praying attention. You know, I could be I could be off. They may not be his intentions at all. I'm just saying it looks that way to me. Looks like entrapment to me. That's the first thing. The second thing is the first time he talked about living together, he talked about moving in with me because I got all of this space. And I'm like, we could get a house together. And I felt his energy when I said that. It was like the words had hit him like a ton of bricks. But he pretended like he didn't just feel that energy, and he kept pushing forward. It was quite interesting to watch. Because the last person that said to me, I want to move in with you, I said, we can get a house together. It hit him like a ton of bricks, and he kept quiet. He didn't say anything at all. But this one is still forging ahead with, Moving into an apartment. And I'm like, I'm not getting married to stay in an apartment. Like, I don't envision myself as one of them people who live in an apartment with their spouse and they've been there 35 years. That That's not the vision that I have for myself. Now, some people, they want to be in an apartment because if something breaks, they don't have to pay to fix it. Uh, they don't have to shovel the sidewalk when it snows. They don't have to, you know, pay property taxes. You know, it's just a lot of things that they don't have to pay out of pocket for. There's pros and cons to an apartment. And I'm not particularly opposed to an apartment if it's a condo or a co-op. Because we'll still get the benefits of not having to shovel the snow. And if something breaks, you know, we can call maintenance or... You know, whatever the case may be. And then we'll get parking, you know. So, I'm not opposed to an apartment in itself. However, my vision that I have for myself is like a three to five bedroom house. I want that to be my starter home. And then once I retire, I want a house built from the ground up. That's the home I'm going to stay in until... God calls me home The glory that's the vision that I have for myself so he mentioned again and again about my apartment then he was noticing oh you know this store is nearby and I was checking that out and that store is over there by your house and I was checking it out and I was thinking about the commute from there to my job and you know where there's a will, there's a way. And you know something, cousins? I was just thinking he's getting to know the neighborhood. Because when you're not familiar with the neighborhood, you want to get to know it. Especially when you're dating someone that lives in a particular neighborhood. You want to you wanna know how to get around. Where's the flower shop? Where's the pizza parlor? Where's the um, um, cleaners, you know? Where's the Metro North? Where's the library? You want to know where these things are? That's what I was thinking. Apparently, that wasn't why he was gathering that type of information. He really had it in his mind to like move into my apartment. And he wanted to know how I found the apartment. I'm like, what do you mean how I found I found it through a realtor. Like. <laughs> I found it through a realtor. I really did. Her name was Sandy. And um, I told her that I was looking for a two-bedroom. And she said, hey, I know this apartment over here in this neighborhood is a three-bedroom in the price range that you're looking for. Why don't we check it out and see? And it's a first-floor apartment. We check it out and see if you like it. And I said, okay, Sandy, cool. Sandy took me to the apartment, and I liked it. So I got a three-bedroom. And... I don't pay New York three-bedroom price. On top of that, I discovered that the apartment is a rent-stabilized apartment. You know how hard it is to get this type of an apartment? These are the type of apartments that it be generations after generations after generations of family that live in the apartment because the rent be dirt cheap. They don't give it up. They just pass it on to other family members. I remember I met this Jewish woman, and she told me um, she lived in a gated community that had a pool and a tennis court. They had a gym in the building. It was an elevator. You know, they had a doorman, all kind of things. And I don't remember. I think she says she purchased it when it was when it was first built. Um, and paid $50,000 for it or something like that. It was fairly low. And um, now the value of her apartment is six figures. And I said, that's a steal. And she said, yeah. And she didn't have any intentions on selling it. She said that she, because she didn't have any children, she said that she was going to pass it on to her nieces if anything should happen to her. And so this is what people do when they look up on, you know, these type of apartments. So uh, I guess he, the guy that I'm dating, um, you know, heard Rent Stabilized and and the fact that I've been here for 16 years and I guess he went, cha-ching, cha-ching, jackpot. No, ninja, not a jackpot for you. It's a jackpot for me. Like, I paid a price to be here. I paid the realtor. I paid the landlord. Like, I paid my dues in this building. I paid my dues in the neighborhood. Well, not really, but not the neighborhood, but I definitely paid my dues in this building. And there's no way. That I am going to allow another person to come in and rest on my laurels. When I've paid blood, sweat, and feroz glide tears for it. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not going to let somebody just reap the rewards of my blood, sweat, and feroz tears. Cold day in hell. So I'm sitting there and I brought it up again, baby. And I'm moving in with you. And I'm like, what type of hood rat capacity of thinking is this? So I said, listen, 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 Linda, listen. Here's the plan that I had for myself before you came along. Because before you came along, I really didn't want to be bothered. I personally was just focused on myself with work, with my business, with taking my online class, I've got my personal development that I'm going through. I gotta handle my mood swings and my depression and my anxieties. I've had enough of the dating scene, like for the majority of 2020. Like, who meets Osama Bin Laden's freaking family member? Me. I could. I kid you not. I can't make this up. I made that, I made a podcast about it. If you scroll back a million and one episodes, I think I titled it Dating a Middle Eastern Man. I said something about him being Middle Eastern. And so, with September, matter of fact, when August came along, I said, nah, bruh. I I had enough. Like, my uncle passed away. That was like a crazy experience in itself. And then his brothers did something crazy. That was more craziness on top of the craziness. And everything was just all willy-nilly in the month of August. And I said, you know what? Before I snap next, I'm just going to fall back. You know, and I need my space. And I had to push everybody away from pulling on me. They don't think that when... The jar is constantly pouring out. That jar becomes empty. And the jar needs to be refilled. I needed to refill myself. The only way I could refill myself, to be honest with you, is by being with God, by praying. Sometimes I go to church service. There's certain services that I really need. To be in and then there's others that I'm like rolling my eyes like, oh, this again, I already know how this is going to go. I need something like that's like I need a church service that's like pure Holy Spirit filled, you know, steak and potatoes, just fruit of the spirit, the seven spirits of God kind of service. Not the normal, regular, mundane, praise dance. You get a car, you get a house, you get a husband, you get a wife. You get a job. You get your debts canceled. Stop lying to the people. I don't want that. Tell the truth and shame the devil. I went off into a tangent. So anyhow. I told him, listen, this is the plan that I have for myself, like, get through my prerequisite courses, Uh, depending on how things went with the economy and the pandemic, I would either start my regular classes in January or I'm starting my regular classes in September, either which way it's going to take me about two years to get through the degree. I'll have two different licenses. I want to, you know, work for a completely different company, um, make it past the probation, and then save money for about 90 days. And then I'm going to get a house. That was the plan that I had for myself. I never had any intentions on getting a house with a man. I knew that in order for me to pay for this house, my annual salary needs to increase. I'm okay with a side hustle. But the side hustle... As of now, it's not making me you know ten fifteen twenty thousand dollars a month so I'm gonna need my job I'm gonna need those health benefits and the four one k and a four three b and the paid vacation and the p t o or whatever else the health and dental and eye care and the life insurance and anything else that you got or I wanted and I'll still. Have my online business. I will still get into real estate. But real estate isn't coming until after I purchase my first home. So we're looking at like a two to five year plan that I have for myself. Tomorrow is not promised to anyone. And I've learned that in life. I could plan for things to go a certain way, but if God don't approve, I won't get it. So, I, you know, I don't ever know. This is the plan that I have for myself. But I don't know if God will approve of it or not. But I'm still going to have my plan. So you coming along and trying to throw a monkey wrench like I'm throwing a baby in it. I'm moving in with you because your apartment is rent stabilized. Nah, bro. Where's the wedding ring at? Why don't you talk in marriage? Why don't you talk in house? I'm okay. Like I said, I'm okay with an apartment. It just needs to be. If if it has to be an apartment, tell me a co-op, a condo, a brownstone to do that. Get your credit score together. I said to him, you got time to sleep on it because what you're not going to do is move in here. So you need to figure out what it is that you know you're going to do. You can stay a couple of days at my house and then go home for a couple of days. That's how it's going to work until I get a house. That's how that's going to work. So you figure it out. Maybe you might want to go to somebody else and try to take advantage of them. Cause you are moving kind of quick, which is the third thing that had me raising a red flag. Why are you moving so quick? I need to take a look at the first text message between him and I. Because that's around the time that we met. And, and yes, I kept all of the text messages. And I have my iPhone programmed to where it never deletes. No text message ever deletes. So I'm going to scroll until it doesn't scroll anymore. And I'm going to look. Because like, I really think only like six or seven weeks have gone by. And already you're talking about pregnancy and moving in with me? In two months? I got It's a red flag for me, bro. So after my conversation with him tonight and me telling him the plans that I have for myself... He got some thinking to do because it ain't going to be that easy. Now, I can say that he did not oppose to the house. He just asked me what city I wanted to live in. I said, well, I love New York, so I'm staying in New York. Are there any cities or states that you have in mind? So he says, no, I thought you was maybe thinking about Virginia or something like that. I said, no, I love New York. No place like New York. I'm staying in New York. I don't know where I'm going. I know three cities that I don't want to be in, but I don't have a, I don't have a definitive location. I'm just going to tell the realtor what my requirements are, what my budget is. Here's my credit report. This is what it is. Make it do what it do. Do what you do. You know you went to school for this. You know what you're doing or you're learning what you're doing. I don't care because you got a license. This is what I've got. And I need you to do what you do. Make it happen. That's all I'm going to say. So he really didn't have any idea. That's because he never took me mentioning a house the first time I mentioned it into consideration. He completely forgot about it. No. Put that right there in the front of your forehead. And I keep saying as far as this baby thing go, you know, I'll, I'll think about it after I graduate college. But right now, my focus is college. He said, well, you're going to graduate. You'll still graduate. You work like you two Mexicans. I'm going to be stuck with this child and trying to figure it out. Because you want to work like you two Mexicans. You think for half of a second that I'm going to be a stay-at-home? What? While you go out? And I got to depend on your money? Oh, hell no. I'm not trying to be stuck. I'm not going to let nobody stick me. So those are the three things that he did that had turned me off. Pregnancy before marriage. Moving in with me instead of saying, let's get a house. And he's moving too fast. So I think I need to pay a visit to his daughter's house. I need to holler at the daughter. See where the daughter at. We see what's going on over there. I think I want to talk to her. Say hi. Since you want to get people pregnant and move in with people. You want to leave your home. You just want to pick up and leave your home. To move in with a chick, who do you really live with? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Who do you really live with? Because I don't think you're helping. The story he gave me was that he's helping family. I don't think that he's helping family. I think family is helping him, and I'm keeping it a buck with you guys. I always say I've been around the block a couple of times. Been there, done that, got a t-shirt to prove it. And this is what I think this guy is up to. And listen, I could have stayed to myself. You know what I mean? I didn't have to be bothered with the BS. I am perfectly fine by myself. I'm perfectly fine. I'm over here considering doing a complete friend overall overhaul and getting rid of every single one of them that I find to be childish and I know that I'm either gonna have one friend or none and because I value peace I prefer to have just one I prefer to have one than none but if I need to have one, I will have one. I don't want that, but I will because I I like peace. I need peace in my mind. My sanity is at stake. You know what I thought about cousins? When I was thinking about doing a friend overhaul, I was really paying I was really looking at their actions a little bit closer. And you know what it reminded me of? Excuse me, an abusive parent. An abusive parent. I had one parent who abandoned me. I tell you guys this all the time. I'm a daddyless daughter. He abandoned me. He was not, I needed support. I personally needed support. I noticed other women needed uh, protection um, from their father. I needed support from my father. I needed to be rescued. I needed my father to do that. I needed him to rescue me from abuse. And he was not there. He didn't come into my life until I think I got a picture of him. When I was 27 years old. Somewhere around there. And then I didn't meet up with him again. Until I think it was 2014. When I had open heart surgery. So maybe. The first time I saw him at 27. And maybe 10 years after that. I saw him again at 37. Yeah. Because I graduated in 2014 and it's 2020 now, so six six years later. Yeah. So about ten years. That's what I needed my father for, and he wasn't there. I find abandonment to be ab- abusive. And then my caretaker was physically abusive, verbally abusive, mentally abusive. Emotionally abusive and financially abusive. I got all of that from one person. And I find that these immature people that I, I am affiliated with come with some form of abuse. Do you know that when you're tit for tat, you're actually... That's hitting someone, essentially, right? That's hitting someone without physically hitting them. Do you realize that that's abuse? When you manipulate, when you play mind games, when you try to be slick and take advantage of the wrong opportunities, do you know that that's mental and emotional abuse? When you talk down to someone or you talk at someone do you know that that's verbal abuse when you make someone feel unsafe emotionally do you know that that's emotional abuse that's abuse i want you to take your time and google different types of abuse, read blogs about abuse, go on YouTube, listen to um, videos about abuse and just learn a little bit more about it because you can be abusing your children verbally or even emotionally and not even know. You could be abusing your spouse And not even know. You could be abusing your friends. Or your parents and not even know. You don't think that you're an abusive person. Only thing you notice is that the person. Either. Pulled back from you. Stopped telling you certain things. Or completely blocked you. That's because you're an abusive person. Right? So. 99.999% of the people that I interact with are abusive. And I want them gone. Right? I think... I think... I can say... Here's one thing I can say for... I don't even want to say a fact... Because people, you know, people got their yin and their yang. Nobody is perfect. But one of the things that I promised myself, and I think I was in my 30s when I did this, one of the things that I promised myself is that I won't accept an abusive person in my life. And I actually forgot about that promise that I had made to myself. So now, I want to get rid of all of these abusive people, right? And I think there's two people that I speak to who are not abusive. Even though they got their yin and their yang. I can say that, you know, sometimes you make an honest mistake. But with these two people, they're not going to make an honest mistake. They're not going to unintentionally or unconsciously do something or say something that is abusive. I might not like what they say or what they do, but that doesn't constitute it as abuse just because I don't like it. You understand? So I can say that there are two people that I speak to that I would feel emotionally safe with them. Just two. So, if anything, it'll, and Judas will stay just because. And I explained the whole Judas thing to you guys. I don't want to remove Judas for, you know, some other Judas to have to come in. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever get rid of Judas. There's a Judas in every camp, whether it's a family member, a friend, or a co worker, or a neighbor. There's a Judas in every camp. I'd rather let this Judas stay. Because I know what this Judas is capable of. I know this Judas. Better than Judas knows Judas, I know Judas. So I want Judas <laughs> to stay right there. I don't want a new one because then I have to get to know that person all over again. I don't, I don't want to do that. So um, three people. Three people are going to stay. The rest, they got to go. They got to go. They got to go. And it'll probably be that way for a very long time. But you know what? I'll have peace. I'll have, you know, the regular ups and downs that life comes with. But I'll have peace. My sanity won't be at risk. I'll have peace in my mind. A peaceful mind, a peaceful conscience, and a peaceful heart. Is the reason why I sleep well at night. If any of those are disturbed, I don't sleep well at night. And I need my beauty sleep. I don't want to be, you know, fighting and 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 having to play like a mental game of chess with anyone, you know, I'm not getting any money out of it. Come on, I'm not getting no award. What am I doing it for? I well, know I'd rather go on jeopardy. If I got to play games, why don't I just go on Jeopardy? Why don't I just go on, you know, are you smarter than a fifth grader? What about Wheel of Fortune? I think that's still on. I have some game shows on Channel 2. The Price is Right is still on. Why don't I do that instead? Instead of rubbing people the wrong way doesn't make sense for me to compete with the people that I actually want to keep in my life. I'll just go on a show on TV and with some money for it. I'm not going to rub the people the wrong way. for, Because you know what happens. You rub somebody the wrong way and you don't even know that's what you did, right? And then something comes up in your life and you need something. And you know that Anna is the perfect one that will give it to you. So you go to Anna and say, hey, I'm in a dire strait right now. And I can really use your help. And Anna say, oh, no, I ain't got it. Bloop, and hang up on you. That's nobody's fault but your own. Are you sitting there trying to figure out what the hell just happened? What did you do or what did you say? It doesn't make sense to rub people the wrong way that you actually like or that you're actually needing. You don't never know what it is that you're going to need. So, just think twice about you know how you treat people. Don't abuse people, just and don't abuse animals either. Um, research the different ways, the different types of abuse, and just kind of take a closer look at yourself. Think about here's the number one thing that I've learned through this recent season is sometimes we'll have people will have gripes with someone else, but they'll take it out on you. An example, um, an acquaintance of mine um has a gripe with her mother um for being basically a crackhead and a prostitute and abandoning her. And that hurt her feelings and caused her to have some complexes about herself. And so When any that and in her abandonment, it made her feel like she wasn't worth it, she wasn't worth fighting for, she wasn't worth checking up on, she wasn't worth, you know, having a mother daughter relationship, and that caused her to feel emotionally unsafe. And so, when anyone does anything, To trigger her feeling emotionally unsafe, she severely chastises them. Depending on how close they are to her. If she can only get to you, you know, through the phone or something like that, then you're going to get a chastisement through the phone. If you're close enough to where she can, you know, pull up to your house, you're going to get a different type of chastisement. And she'll sit back and she'll plot and she'll scheme and think about your capacity of thinking and when she strike, the timing is perfect. she's making you feel every inch of that pain that you have caused her to feel. Meanwhile, you never even know knew that she was um she didn't feel emotionally safe, so you have to be mindful that you're not taking out. Your problems with person A on person B when person B had absolutely nothing to do with how it originated. Person B is not the heart of the matter. It's person A. You have to go to person A and take that up with them. Or let it go. And I told you guys how to let go. I told it to you. So just be mindful that you're not abusing someone. Because when you look at the definition of chastisement, chastisement means to severely beat. You can severely beat someone emotionally, severely beat them mentally, verbally, so forth and so on. That is abuse. It's abuse, beloved. It's abuse. So you want to be mindful of how you treat people. Like, really pay attention to that. And um, be a better you today than you were yesterday. And I apply that for myself, you know. I want to be a better me today than I was yesterday. All right, you guys. So it's midnight over here. And I just want to say my quick prayer before I I get into my bed and and go to sleep and count sheep and bless God for a roof over my head and food in my belly. I need to work off some of this belly and some exercises, but, you know, God is good. I bless him for the steak and potatoes. All right, cousins, I hope that you learned much and you gleaned much. If anything that I said hurt your feelings, just say, ouch, put your big girl panties on, put your big boy pants on and, and handle it. All right. I love you and shalom until next time.